You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. When a cold wind blows, it chills you, chills you to the bone. But there's nothing in nature that freezes your heart like years of being alone. It paints you with indifference like a lady paints with rouge. And the worst of the worst, the most hated and cursed, is the one that we call Scrooge. Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Humbug. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. My god, you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Happy, uh, or happy Christmas. What the fuck am I talking about? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas? Yeah, you know, Merry whatever. Merry Christmas, everybody. Pick your poison. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, as I just mentioned. The show where we take a look at some of your favorite movies from your childhood that you might be feeling nostalgic about. Brandon and I watch them objectively and let you know whether or not this is a movie that you should be nostalgic about or if you're just clouded by your childhood judgment. This week we watch 1992's holiday family musical fantasy, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Boom. There was a lot of things going into that genre name that, you know what, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie, but I try to, you know, yeah, but I try to really detail the genre to let you know what you're into. I think a lot of people probably, though, have seen this movie. Zach, uh, what's your history with uh, Muppet Christmas Carol? We, we, we've been talking about this movie for quite some time. It's kind of just an excuse to watch it again. Always liked it as a kid. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, what A Christmas Carol is, Brandon, I know you don't you don't know how to read. So uh, A Christmas Carol is a book by Charles Dickens. It is the story of an old man who is uh, very humbuggish, if you will. Uh, <laughs> oh, very, nice. very, very scroogey, if, uh, if, you, if you get my meaning. He's a curmudgeon, yeah, a total dick. Yeah. He's a curmudgeon. Uh, he's a huge dick around Christmas. Uh, he's visited by ghosts, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this is a, a Muppet retelling of it, and I I liked it as a kid. Um, I can't say I've seen it in a really long time. It, it was interesting to go back and rewatch it because, man, just watching it, I I, I mean, I got plenty of thoughts that we'll get into, but uh, I not what I remember as a kid, if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah, not what I remember as a kid. We'll get into that. Um, but it's, you know, for me, it's become more of a meme almost on the internet. I have a lot of friends who like to post uh, pictures of Kermit the Frog just being like sad on Christmas. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it, it was a movie that I was looking forward to rewatching because I love the Muppets and uh, was, you know, was excited to see it. What about you? This was, yeah, the introduction to A Christmas Carol to me, as I guess, as a kid. I also remember Mickey's Christmas Carol, those being the two movies that kind of got me into the story of what it was all about, because my parents enjoyed watching those older versions. I I didn't get into those, though, as a a kid. You also, it took a long time for you to watch Scrooge, correct? That it did. I just watched Scrooge, like, last year for the very first time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've I've seen all those that you're talking about, both the Muppets one and the Mickey Mouse one. The Mickey Mouse one, I think, stood out for me too. But Scrooged, I think, if we're gonna pick a Christmas Carol movie, Scrooged is probably my favorite. Yeah, there's. I was looking up the film adaptations. There's the 1970 Albert Finney one. There's the uh, 1983 was Mickey's Christmas Carol. 1984 George C. Scott. That's the one I'm familiar with too. My parents watched that a lot as a kid, so I've seen that version of a Christmas Carol a lot. Scrooge came in 1988. Apparently in 1998 Jack Palance did something called Ebenezer. And then in 99, Patrick Stewart, do you remember that one? He did A Christmas Carol. I've seen that on TV, I think, a few times in bits and pieces. I've seen bits and pieces of it, I think, mostly on the internet. But uh, I, I don't know if, I can't say I've sat through the whole thing. 
and the only one I saw in theaters was 2009, the Robert Zemeckis, Jim Carrey, A Christmas Carol, that mocap one, which, you know, is, is a faithful retelling of the story. I, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite. Maybe we'll get into what our favorite one is at the conclusion of today's episode. But uh, have you ever read the book? I can't read. We've gone on. I I genuinely, I have not read the book. No, Uh, um, my parents had like an abridged children's version or something like that. That was like kids, a kiddie take on it. I didn't know the original actual tale. No, it's, it's weird because this Muppet movie is so faithful to the book. You, it's 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 interesting. This is holy shit, much darker than I remembered though. So this was my introduction to the tale. I watched this. This became kind of a, a perennial classic. I watched it every Christmas for as long as I remember growing up in my family's household. Really, my mom really enjoyed this take, and so uh, we watched it often. And I, what was the standout really was this was kind of my also introduction to Michael Caine. And he is, we'll get into his performance later, but what a what an interesting casting decision, I'll say the least. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, again, something we need to get into. So, Muppet Christmas Carol was directed by Brian Henson, the son of Muppet creator Jim Henson. Brian also brought us Muppet Treasure Island and this year's The Happy Time Murders. Uh, not probably too proud of that last entry there, but... Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol's got a 7.7 on IMDb and a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. It cost $12 million to make. It earned $27 million in the U.S. and was not released internationally. So that's actually all it made. It was a, a modest success, I guess. It finished 47th for the year, and Disney really went all in on this. However, it failed to gain kind of box office success because of its competition. It fell behind family films that were released right around the same time, such as Aladdin, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Check out our feed. We did an episode on that last Christmas. It fell below Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, Beethoven, The Mighty Ducks, and Three Ninjas, which we also covered. But it outgrossed Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, and uh, Ladybugs, that Roddy Dangerfield soccer kids movie. Remember that movie? Yeah, I, I do remember that movie. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of weird, uh, let's not do Fern Gully. <laughs> oh man, Fern Gully was my jam as a kid. Yeah, it would be your fucking jam. <laughs> Save the rainforest, bro. No, burn the rainforest. Muppet Christmas Carol was actually originally planned to be a television special. But after the script was submitted for approval to ABC, the executives of Walt Disney Pictures offered to purchase the script for a feature film instead of a television release. So Michael Caine, you know, he plays Ebenezer Scrooge in this version, and going into this, he told Brian Henson, the director, that he was going to play the movie like he was working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Like, he will never wink, he will never do oh, and does he <laughs> He will never ever. do anything Muppety. He said, I quote, I am going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. And I was thinking the whole time, like, dude, if this movie didn't have puppets, do you think it would be, like, nominated for an Oscar, his performance? Because he's going for one in it. Oh, my God, man. It's, you know what? And it's something that changes the tone of this movie so entirely because it's like Michael Caine is just in a different movie than everybody else. Like, Michael Caine (laughs) is acting circles around goddamn puppets. It's it's amazing to watch just the spectacle of it is like what the how why is he doing this dude it's fucking insane it's abs- it's like taking one of our generation's greatest actors and putting them in with teletubbies or something you know what i mean it'd be like gary oldman acting with a bunch of teletubbies in a movie like what is how but he's giving like a darkest hour performance yeah like watching him just like yell at <laughs> fucking puppet mice and kermit the frog is is so funny yeah, it's crazy. 
the movie's played as kind of an integration of Muppet puppets and human actors. And in order to do that, floors had to be removed and reinserted with Michael Caine having to walk across these really narrow planks between Muppets and their performers. All the buildings in these London set street scenes were constructed by hand, but then diminished in size, Lord of the Rings style, in order to achieve the appearance that the streets were relatively longer. Mm -hmm. While it does have everything's very set based and you can tell this all looks like it's shot right on a, you know, on a set. It's kind of fucking mind blowing the like the camera movements the and the amount of sets they must have actually built to pull this off. You can always count on uh, the Henson and Muppets to get that sort of crazy production out of everything they do. I've always been just kind of blown away. Like I'm a huge fan of puppets. I'll I'll defend puppets to the grave. But part of that being that just the amount of work that goes in to filming around the fact that you're working with half humans and half puppets, it's astounding. So I'm always just kind of blown away at the amount of work that goes into a movie like this. Lastly, this is the only film version up to date where Charles Dickens actually appears during the story. Here he's actually portrayed as a character, as a narrator of sorts, by Gonzo the Great and his friend Rizzo the Rat. Uh, They act as narrators through the film, so let's get into it, man. We open on Christmas Eve in 19th century London, and uh, right away I'm blown away by the score here by Miles Goodman. The songs are written by a guy named Paul Williams, but the score itself, we get this overture where it's kind of a taste of all the music right there in one. And again, the the craftsmanship of these sets, there's this long pan like jib shot over, you know, these miniatures. And it's fucking astounding, dude. It's it's really well done. Again, super fake looking and and false, but it really looks amazing. Yeah, there's something kind of charming about the idea that, you know, you can tell that you're on a set and you can tell everything around you is fake because but it's almost endearing because it's puppets you know you know what i'm saying yep this first song right here kind of sets up Scrooge himself. That's what the song's called. It'll just Scrooge. But it's Michael Caine traipsing through this, you know, this London village, pissed off, and all of the, you know, Muppets around him are basically shit-talking. And I'm like, this guy is a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I say something right off the bat that I know uh, might not endear a lot of people to me? Oh, boy, uh, here we go. I'm- yeah, I'm not crazy about a lot of the songs in this movie. Not a big, really. I, there's a couple that I was like, eh, not too much. But I think a few of them are fucking showstoppers, dude. I love. Them. I think this. I think this opening Scrooge song is really good. Yes, um, it definitely. But is. but uh, there's a couple of them that just they kind of drag the movie down a little bit, in my opinion. They're first of all, none of these. So- I'm used to a lot of these Disney musicals that we watch. When you kind of look look at them, a lot of the songs are only like two minutes long. Maybe these songs all feel like they're rounding up to like five minutes. I don't know if they are, but that's what they feel like to me. Maybe, dude. Again, I think the sets are in, in the songs, I think, are fairly well written enough. Again, a few of them, not so much. But I think this first one definitely, though, sets them up as, you know, this miser, this prick of a moneylender who straight up abhors Christmas. And Scrooge is getting worse, as the song proclaims. There goes Mr. Heartless. There goes Mr. Cruel. He never gives. He only takes. He lets his hunger That work is paying off, but Scrooge is getting worse. Yeah. Every day, in every way, Scrooge is getting worse. He's introduced, you know, at his 
office. He's preparing evictions with his employee, Bob Cratchit, who's played here by Kermit the Frog. And a crew of rats. Dude, these rat puppets are the stuff of nightmares sometimes. Their eyes are so unsettling, and these guys are funny as hell. There are some Henson puppets that have always kind of made me feel very uneasy, the rats being one of them. And we mentioned how much we loved him screaming at these puppets. It's really a thing to behold. He is playing this off like it's a straight drama and that these rats are, yeah, human beings in an Oscar reel. It's it's really fantastic shit. Yeah, I mean, he is Michael Caine at his Michael Caineiest. He's he's phenomenal in this movie. It, again, it's just kind of it's kind of weird because he's doing it with puppets and it all just feels like he <laughs> it feels like Michael Caine just walked onto the wrong set one day and he's like, "Oh, fuck it, I'll stay." <laughs> Michael Caine yelling at rats. Dude, I could for days. Uh, His nephew, Fred, winds up showing up and inviting Scrooge to a Christmas dinner, to which he refuses, as this is harvest season for the moneylenders. He's out for blood, and he's also not letting his crew off for, you know, the Christmas day. Yeah, he does begrudgingly. Eventually, the crew is like, you know, come on, it's Christmas. Don't be a dick. And so he finally does begrudgingly let them take the day off but he's like but you got to show up early the next day Ugh, what a human hemorrhoid he dude he also chucks like a wreath at that little homeless muppet bunny that keeps coming out and like tugging my oh, heartstrings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i know and he refuses to give to charity like you know it, the thing with this movie is uh because it's so faithful to the book and to the story if you know charles dickens christmas carol I, this it's that's it this is the movie and, and gonzo and rizzo what they're actually saying their narration is that the actual like prose of the book is that the actual yeah. tale yeah i figured as much because yeah it's very direct and it's funny because they're addressing the camera itself it's kind of meta and they're they're poking fun and thank god that it does cut to them throughout like a, a be in the beginning they kind of started to wear on me because of their comedic take every once in a while but as it kept going on i realized if they weren't in this this is a fucking heroining drama and see this is where the <laughs> this is where the conflict for this movie comes in for me because well i i like gonzo um and i i want more gonzo in my muppet movie to me a lot of their narration breaks because they would always try and go for a laugh and kind of break up the darkness of this movie i think it it really slows the pace of this movie down this is what a two-hour movie an hour and 25 minutes or something like that and yeah it's only 85 minutes dude i think it may seem a little longer than it actually is It must have, man, because I just every time I was getting into the Christmas Carol story, I kind of felt like we were stopping to get like a a cheap uh, narrator laugh. Well, I do like this next song. It's uh, closing time, the night of Christmas Eve. Bob is leaving, closing up shop, and he sings that. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. Magic's in the air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like skipping along and shit, (laughs) doo-dopping around the street. Everyone's just super nice and kind, and it's it's a little heartwarming, dude. I like this song. It's another good one, in my opinion. Mm, Yeah. Tis the season to be jolly and joyous With a burst of pleasure we feel it arrive It's a season when the saints can employ us To spread the news about peace and to keep love alive 
So Bob walks home, and then we get a quick shot of, again, that cute little homeless rabbit shivering in the cold. He's on a whole other journey of self-discovery over this this night, and uh, it's, it's kind of sad. Scrooge makes his way home, and his goddamn doorknob turns into a puppet Jacob Marley. His former business partner, of course, is, you know, Jacob and Robert Marley are going to be played by Statler and Waldorf. This is my favorite. Which I do like. This is my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite song in this movie. Um, and it's like the mo- it's one of the more simple ones. They're not changing set to set. Like a lot of it is just like one shot on two like stationary ghost puppets. But I love this song. I love these two pu- these two puppets. They're always like one of my favorites in the entire in any Muppet. I I love the hecklers. Well, despite, yeah, the paranormal activity of his door handle, he ain't no bitch. He goes inside, he searches his room, and again, I like how Dickens is omniscient. He even explains to kids, like, what that means and whatnot, the narrator itself. By the fireside that night, though, Scrooge enjoys some, you know, some bread and cheese. He's dressed in a pimp and robe and nightcap, and this is when, you know, fire snuffed out and some supernatural shit starts going down. And we get this song, Marley and Marley. We're Marley and Marley, avarice and greed. We took advantage of the poor, just ignored the needy. We specialized in causing pain, spreading fear and doubt. And if you could not pay the rent, we simply threw you out. This is when the movie also starts to get really dark, too, because these guys kind of insinuate that they're in hell (laughs) (laughs) because they've been because they've been dicks their entire life. And and they're like, you're coming with us, too, bud, if you don't figure it out. Yeah, they basically warn him to repent his past, his sins, how shitty he's been. And he's basically doomed for eternity. Yeah, like a hellish nightmare like them. Mm hmm. Pretty funny, dude. Very funny. Very heartwarming. Very family friendly. Merry Christmas. But they tell him that it'll be haunted by three ghosts, the first of which arrives when the bell tolls one. One o'clock. Dude, this fucking first ghost has been... <gasps> shocked me as a kid. Dude, there are two two ghosts in this that terrified me as a kid. The first one here, it's Milky CGI... Dude, baby doll face. It's terrifying, dude. It's terrifying. I don't remember this being as scary looking as it was. This thing is a thing of fucking nightmares. It is. It's the ghosts of girlfriends past. Dude, again, it's like this ethereal floating ghost. It's literally like a white sheet, but it looks like it's floating underwater. And it's it has no its eyes are there, but it's like the Polar Express thing there. It's just dead eyes. It looks like a monster from like Spirited Away. Like, it, it looks like an anime <laughs> monster. It's fucking terrifying. Uh, just unsettling. But it transports him to, you know, his lonely school days of Ebenezer's childhood. And Gonzo and Rizzo wind up hitching a ride. And, yeah, it's the ghost of Christmas past. So we, he spots himself as a little boy in a classroom. And he, even as a kid, was a total dick who hated Christmas. Like, I, I don't understand. You don't quite understand why he's the way he is. Was it his upbringing? Maybe they get into this in the book, but I can't remember any real tale explaining why he's such a, like, dedicated to his work so rigidly and will not accept fun of any kind or compassion. Like In this, it's just, it's, you're just kind of led to believe that, like, he's just always been this way. He's always been extremely self-serious. He's always buried himself in his work, and it's kind of, you know, f- not forced him, really, but it's made him just kind of put his life aside trying to be successful and only thinking about business and work and money. And then all the kids are like, Ebenezer, come play with us. But he doesn't have time. For and no he's like, no, fuck fr- off. Yeah, exactly. Fucking nerds. Yeah. Get out of here, you fucking nerds. 
I'll fucking bash you. Well, no, Ebenezer's the nerd. Honestly, you know what he needed? He needed a good bashing. When if he, he did, kid. he'd probably be a good person. Donate to charity yeah, every once in a while. probably like Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Then we see him as a young man, as an employer under Fezziwig, a.k.a. Fozzie Bear. Great casting choice. <laughs> Not enough Fozzie Bear in this movie. My God. <laughs> what were they thinking? Not enough Fozzie Bear. He owns a rubber chicken factory? Is that what it is? I would have loved to have seen Scrooge like in a day's work at a rubber chicken factory. Yeah, I don't know. Hard it's, job. I can't remember what the real what the real factory is. It can't is. be a rubber chicken it, factory. It, no, it's probably like a slaughterhouse not. or something. <laughs> no, it, it's honestly it's one of the lighter one of more one of the more funnier jokes in this movie is that Fozzie Bear runs a rubber chicken factory in <laughs> Old London. It's kind of funny. <laughs> no, it is. But we keep you know, seeing him on past Christmas Eves, this one, this Christmas Eve party is basically like a fun excuse to show off some classic Muppet characters. Like we get Animal and the Swedish Chef, and, and you know those guys. Yeah. Past Scrooge is still trying to work even at the party. What a fucking noob move and a nerd move, if I do say so myself. Until he bumps into that chick Betty, right? Like, and they gaze longingly into each other's eyes. They want it to the to the point where they get it. They can both get it, and they both do get it. <laughs> <laughs> they get it so hard that the next time we see them on Christmas Eve, they're already engaged, brah. Well, no, dude, that's the problem. They're not engaged. He wants to get engaged, and he tells her that, but he's like, nah, it's, you know, financially and business-wise, it's not really the right move. And she's like, yeah, you know, you've been saying that for like four years, and you're a partner at your own firm now. And he's like, well, yeah, but it's still not great. And she's like, all right, bye. Bye. <laughs> just fucking bail. Babe, 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 ba- don't go. Babe, babe, I don't want to marry until I'm making stacks on stacks. Yeah, but the thing is, he is making stacks on stacks, but that's Scrooge for you. It's never enough stacks. When I was a kid, I remember watching this on VHS, and there was this song that played right here called When Love Is Gone. And it was basically where this girl, Belle, not Betty, I don't know why I called her Betty earlier, but it was Belle. Uh, she sings this whole song about Scrooge's love of money and how it's replaced her. But and I remember like disliking the song as a kid because it was a real lovey-dovey song. It was a really well-written song and beautifully sung. However, so they took it out. Like yep. the song itself was removed from the theatrical edition, thinking it wouldn't appeal to young children. Good on you, Katzenberg, because that's what happened. <laughs> um, but then it was included yeah, it, I mean, again in the sorry in the 1993 VHS and laser dick laser disc releases. Uh, I guess you can find it now as like a special feature on DVDs and Blu-rays, but it's not included in the the movie anywhere, um, which is kind of crazy. I was going to say not included in the digital copy that I rented. When Love is Gone, it was called. Yeah, you can look it up on YouTube if you want. Yeah, no, I just probably won't. All right. I'm fucking sick. What, dude? Yeah. God damn. Well, she gets so turned off by this that she dumps him on Christmas Eve. Maybe that's why he's so mopey. I don't know. I think it's always been on the back burner and I you know I think they this kind of put him over the edge of like being an asshole to people. Like before he was before he was a busybody and he was too self-serious and he he worked way too hard, but I think after this this is when he starts to become a full-fledged asshole. Yeah, the kind of person who won't let you take Christmas off. Ugh. So before he was probably just a chode, and now he's a full-fledged butthole. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a fine line between chode and butthole, and uh, he crossed it. It's called a taint. Yes. He awakens the next the next day in bed, safe and sound, but exhausted. And then the bell strikes two. It's the ghost of Christmas present, 
who is this enormous Muppet beta man who I think is slowly slipping into senility because he's forgetting everything that he's saying. The entire the entire joke on this is or not really joke is that he's always living in the present. So like he forgets what he said five minutes ago because that's in the past. Yeah, it's like that character in Fifty First Dates, Ten Second Tom, or whatever. <laughs> Stop bringing up Fifty First Dates, Brandon. Maybe in the new year? Question mark? Question mark? Dude? Yeah, question mark? Question mark for sure. But we get our next song where you know it feels like Christmas, and it's a nice little stroll through the city, highlighting the kindness of the residents and the holiday spirit. And even Scrooge himself is kind of lightening up at this point. He wants to see friends and family. He's like boobopping around and smiling and shit. It's kind of cool right yeah it is it's you know he's he's looking around he sees all the happiness around him and he's kind of like you know why can't why am i not in on that it's in the giving up a gift to another a pair of mittens that were made by your mother it's all the ways that we show love that feel like christmas upon a childhood we'll always remember it is the summer of the soul in december yes your best for love it feels like christmas so he goes to visit his what what was it his nephew and his yeah, uh, nephew fred yeah and his bae and uh they're hosting a holiday party and they are just fucking digging into him it's mean <laughs> he's like mercilessly oh. shit talking him yeah like uh, uh an unwanted piece of garbage or something i forgot what exactly they call him they say they say something who's just like an unwanted animal or something like that (laughs) it's whatever it is it is savage yeah and uh even i mean even us we just as a viewer you kind of feel bad for scrooge even though he clearly deserves it he's been such a dick but like you know it's kind of like if everybody who you didn't like or who you thought liked you you just like caught them in a room all just digging into your soul. <laughs> you can't say anything or leave. It's yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah it's you a, have it's to a... fucking sit there and it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in your fucking PJs and you got this stupid ass nightcap on. But uh... yeah, and this fucking giant guy in a in a mascot costume is laughing at you, but he can't remember what he told you two minutes ago. <laughs> After you were just forced to watch the girl of your dreams walk out of your life again on Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, hosted by some weird Russian ghost doll. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, he's totally butthurt, understandably, by this. And he travels to Bob Cratchit's house because he wants to see love and happiness and joy. And we get a little bit of Bob's life. Miss Piggy is his wife, Emily. And uh, they got a mess of kids. For some reason, the girls are pigs and the boys are frogs. I desperately wanted to see a frog baby like that was crossed with a pig baby. So we got like like a, a pig frog type yeah, kid. Yeah, I know. Sadly, we don't get that, dude. Yeah, that's that's classic. Yeah, that's classic Muppets for you. Never willing to take the lead. <laughs> They're not risk takers anymore, dude. Not my Muppets. Well, we get our first look at Tiny Tim here. Uh, you know, he's coughing all the time. He's got a crutch. He's you know he's sick, dude. Yeah, he's sick. But he's got a goddamn heart of gold. A remarkable child. A remarkable child. They toast to Mr. Scrooge even. Again, kind of giving you, you know, th- this is a beautiful family with a with a wonderful heart. Miss Piggy, though, is understandably like, that guy's a dick. We shouldn't, you know, wish him well at this, even at this time of year. But, you know, Bob Kermit's like, this you know, This guy paid for the meal, essentially. You know, bless us. And then, you know, Timmy does his, you know, God bless us one and all. 
and Scrooge everyone, is... Everyone, Brandon. Everyone. God what bless us, again? everyone. Oh. What, what the fuck is your problem, Brandon? Well, Don't ever, ever again. Well, we get a, my least favorite song in the movie, which is Bless Us All. This kid can't sing. All right, let's start there. You know who also can't sing is Michael Caine. We'll get into his performance later on as singing. Oh, can he not <laughs> sing? The man can act with the best of them puppets, but he cannot <laughs> sing. This Bless Us anyway. All song, though, reminded me a lot of one of the songs in Beauty and the Beast. It was like the exact same like theme or t- it was like Bless us all that as we live we always comfort and forgive we have so much that we can share with those in need we see around us everywhere Dude a lot of this movie reminds me to, of Beauty and the Beast, like the the song where all the villagers are just singing about Scrooge while he's walking past them. Well, the Christmas present seems to be dying, he's rapidly aging, and his time comes to an end in a cemetery itself. The bell winds up tolling once again, and we get, who uh, Ghost of Christmas Yes to Come. And yeah, it's a giant cloud of smoke reveals what is a, it's a fucking terrifying Muppet. As a kid, this truly, I had a few nightmares about this thing because it's a faceless, enormous gray specter, <laughs> like looks like the Grim Reaper, but it's, it's just unnatural looking. This is always the most scary part in like any sort of uh, Christmas Carol movie. The the ghost of Christmas yet to come is so ominous, and he he looks like that classic retelling of the Grim Reaper. In fact, I want to say I've seen a rendition of this movie where he's even like holding the scythe. I thought so too. Maybe yeah, I feel like I have too, but maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of like Life of Brian or Meaning of Life, like a Monty Python thing That's, or something. You know what? My God, it's entirely possible I'm thinking about the meaning of life. Um, anyway. But yeah, this this version specifically, though, has always stuck with me. I think it's a great look. It looks like something Guillermo del Toro would make, almost. Like, just super weird and, and horror-y for a kid's movie. But this is the the best CGI in the movie, is this weird-ass Doctor Strange portal they go through to get to the the past. It, like, warps. It's really cool-looking, actually, where it bends the, yeah. the architecture and shit. But yeah, at this point, he's walking around town, and everyone's talking about someone who's died. Again, shit-talking the memory of some, you know asshole who's recently passed away there are even some street urchins who are boasting about the possessions they stole from his room after he died whoever this guy is he must have been a dick michael kane like kind of figures it out he's like they must be talking about me but he's like i want to see something happy so uh you know for the happy he takes him to bob cratchit's house and uh the cratchit family has fucking lost tiny tim the little fucking boy died yeah it is decidedly somber in the cratchit uh, household bob arrives home and turns out yeah tiny tim did not make it and his family is planning his funeral (laughs) Mm -hmm. christmas cheer man yeah merry christmas everybody but back in the cemetery scrooge is then forced to look upon his own gravestone and this essentially breaks him at this point he's just weeping gets on his knees and starts begging the specter to yeah basically like can i change this is there anything i can do uh and as he's weeping and he falls out, wakes up the next day and 
Clarence takes him back to Bedford Falls, uh, and he runs through the town because it's not Potterville anymore, and he's, he's wishing all the, all the landmarks he thought were shitty a Merry Christmas, and he's running, and he goes to the building and loan, and, uh, and, or no, he goes home actually, and, uh, Zuzu's better, and all the, the people from Bedford Falls are there, and they pay him back the money they owe him. Uh, Clarence gets his, what are you talking about, dude? Oh, yeah, he's fucking filled with Christmas joy, dude. He summons that little homeless bunny on the sidewalk to go buy a turkey for the entire family or the entire town really he goes around he's buying everybody gifts like you know for his bookkeepers and he goes to bob cratchit's house and he fucking even though he's supposed to be like this new nice guy he tricks the cratchit family into thinking that he's pissed off at him <laughs> i love that it was a real good it was like, what a good prank dude yeah great great prank you're, you're everybody's gonna remember you now um but offers to you pay off his mortgage and double his salary it's pretty awesome and he asks basically doesn't ask them permission but the entire town just floods their house <laughs> but invites the entire town yeah i was thinking that too i was like ah oh, man I, d- I really wanted to just spend christmas like very quiet by myself and my family but no everybody yeah, come this on is what we're talking about is singing, uh, also right? this Yes, and he, well, actually, there was a song while he's walking around buying the groceries, and he starts singing there, and the man, I can't remember the name of the song, but I I mean, my God, he's trying his best, but anybody who's ever heard Michael Caine talk probably would not think oh yeah this guy's singing voice is probably fine uh it's not it's it's pretty the entire town's into it dude <laughs> they, they're loving this shit it's yours with a glass raised to toast your health with a glass raised to toast your health and a promise to share the wealth promise to share the wealth i will sail a friendly course file a friendly charm on a sea of love and a thankful heart is like a journey who knows when it ends yeah because the rich guy is handing out money willy-nilly <laughs> he what's sad is though is that his workers other than bob cratchit all they get is coal for the work fireplace like you get to be yeah. warm at work <laughs> next time you come in merry christmas i guess yes, thanks <laughs> i mean but yeah, I mean that's got to be why everybody's so happy. If fucking Mark Zuckerberg comes to your house and <laughs> and wants to sing a song for you, what are you gonna kick him out, Brandon? No, you're gonna yeah. sit there and listen to Mark Zuckerberg's song. The dude's gonna give you so much money to do it. Fred gets some Christmas love, so does his old schoolhouse, and yeah. They have this whole meal around the table, dude. Tiny Tim doesn't die in this alternate universe, I guess, which is pretty awesome because I, I I, suppose Scrooge could afford the bills, the medical bills that saved his life or the medication. Whatever happened, I don't know. Final Destination style, death skipped him for now. Yeah, I mean, death comes for us all eventually, so we can all sleep easy knowing that Tiny Tim does eventually die. Well, we do get a really nice, beautiful song here, When Love is Found. Yep, and uh, Michael Caine ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nice little pull out over the city, and the overture kicks back in as credits roll. Love we found, we carry with us, so we're never quite alone. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, Zach, what are your what are your thoughts, buddy? 
You know, A Christmas Carol is such a reliable story for the Christmas time. Uh, it's, you know, no matter who's telling it, whether it's Mickey Mouse, Kermit the Frog, or anybody or anybody else, Michael Caine, uh, it's an easy story to get behind because it's so well written. It's, you know, a good lesson for Christmas. Uh, you know, that being said, I take a little bit of umbrage with this movie just because this is kind of something that's going to sound like beating a dead horse. The Muppets just were never the same after Jim Henson died. And this is one of those movies where it's, you know, it's nice to see the Muppets and there's a couple of good jokes, but I don't think putting this in the setting of a Muppets movie really elevated it over some of the other Christmas Carol movies or stories that are out there. I just think, you know, it's a nice thing for kids. It gets across, um, very well for children as an adult you know i'd rather be watching something like scrooge something that takes more of a unique twist on this story to me this is just a christmas carol but instead of human actors it's played by kermit the frog so you know it's not something that i'm gonna say jumps out at me anymore as an adult it's definitely something to show your kids um because it's kid friendly it's a little dark but, you know, it's it's by no means bad, but I wouldn't exactly say that it's great. I know it's got, what, a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes, a 76? 74, 74%. Uh, yeah. 74, 74, I was close. Um, I'm going to go ahead and drop that down to about a 70. Michael Caine is great. Um, some, it's, sometimes he's too great. Like, he's he's doing a different movie, and it kind of sets the tone of this movie a little bit off. Um, I'd love to see him do a Royal Shakespeare performance of A Christmas Carol. I can't believe I'm going to say it. They might have been better off going somewhere else to cast Ebenezer Scrooge, because I just I think it kind of alters the tone of this movie a little bit um, and just kind of changes it from you know, what could have been a very good, unique take on A Christmas Carol to just, you know, A Christmas Carol with puppets. I hear you. I, I think <laughs> while Michael Caine, I think, could have been recast and it would have fit in line with the tone a little more if you had maybe someone with a, a little more comedic presence or just someone who's a little less dramatic. The fact that it is Michael Caine, I love that all that much more because it's so bizarre him just treating this with such sincerity that it lends a, a little like a level of class to the movie that I don't think would be there otherwise. It's like, yeah, exactly. Just me of like, yeah, if Daniel Day Lewis did The Grinch or something, it's just so bizarre <laughs> to see someone of this caliber turn in this performance in this movie but i will say it's weirdly dark you know one of those 90s movies with some balls like we like to talk about you know when we weren't afraid to you know scare the kids and shit i do like uh, that. i love this yeah i love the sets i think that uh it is again i don't necessarily know the story beat for beat but for what I understand, it seems like a faithful adaptation, and so I think it's a good way to introduce the story to kids, much like it was to me and my family. Yeah, I'll show this to my kids someday, if I ever have any, and I think this is a movie that, if you haven't seen in a while, you know, and you and you want to throw something into the Christmas lineup, it's definitely worth revisiting. Uh, I think for the sets and the performance of Michael Caine alone, and I actually think a lot of the music is pretty good. There's a couple throwaway stuff, but I'm going to bump it up to an 80, dude. I think it's a pretty solid Christmas movie and a movie I'll maybe throw back in my lineup because I think it's been a little too long since I've seen it or put it in the rotation. I think I might go back and revisit it in a couple of years. To me, that you know... I message received to me. I think I'll go back and watch Scrooged a couple times before I end up watching this. I hear you. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, what have you been watching this week? Anything to recommend or not recommend? 
so a movie that I watched pretty recently, it's been on my Netflix list for so long, and this has nothing to do with Christmas, so if you want a Christmas break, go ahead and do that. Um, Mindhorn is a Netflix movie. It's about this uh, actor who's who works on this small island called the island of man and he used to be kind of like this huge uh action hero on television he's essentially supposed to be like the the six million dollar man um and there's a killer on the island like in modern day and he's crazy and people are dying left and right and he demands to talk to detective mindhorn the character of the show so they hire this guy who's now down on his luck to come play the mindhorn character again so they can trace this guy and catch him and it's um it's top-notch british humor so a lot of it is dry and kind of weird and you know um but it's 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 pretty funny uh, it was a lot more entertaining than I thought it was. We would be. I thought it would just be like a couple like random gags, but I actually really enjoyed the story of it. Uh, I would definitely recommend that. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think what else I started watching, but I can't really. It it's not coming to me. So I'll just give it. I'll just give you Mindhorn. I remember you had mentioned that when back when we were hanging out, and I thought we were yeah we were planning on watching it one day, and we just it never turned out. But it, so it's worth watching, huh? Yeah, I think it's worth watching. I think it's kind of fun. Did you see either Mowgli or uh, Bird Box yet? No, I, uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna pass on the Mowgli movie unless you, you recommend. No, it. it's not worth watching. I mean, if you've seen the John Favreau one, you've seen it. Again, it's it's on Netflix, so it's yeah. That's why I <laughs> exactly. wanted to pass it. I was like, I was like, no, I just watched the uh, the Jungle Book. Like, why would I want to watch another one of these movies? So I again doing that stubs, dude. I'll rattle them off super quick. I saw Ben is back, the Julia Roberts, Lucas Hedges one about heroin addiction, or whatever. Dude, it's kind of a, like the best Lifetime version, <laughs> Lifetime movie version of that story. Like, it's good, it's solid. You don't need to rush out to theaters though. Uh, but it's good. It's worth watch vox lux also the natalie portman one you know super art house uh i will say worth a watch i guess if you're interested in her performance at all again it's kind of batshit crazy in in parts but uh, i didn't love it as much as i wanted to i saw aquaman dude you know (laughs) i gotta say i think it might be my favorite of the dc movies which again may not be saying much but it's just so fucking weird they go so it's saturday morning cartoon dumb and like but in a way that I guess was just weird to like fun to watch. I don't know. I think it goes down with like a beer or two a little better, but uh, <laughs> it was kind of fun, dude. I think I'd rather just rewatch all of his performance on SNL, man. He was fucking crazy funny on SNL. He was super entertaining on there, dude. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I saw Bumblebee, dude. A lot of people are giving this rave reviews. It's it's probably the best Transformers movie, but it's still, you know, it's it's still just, just the best that's Transformers a low bar. movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's, it's that's entertaining. It's fine, but like, I don't think it's like, it got like a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, alright, give, yeah. give it a break. And uh, the last yeah. one I just want to mention, because man, no one's really talking about this movie. It was Clint Eastwood's The Mule. And, uh, yeah. dude, it's, look, it's an entertaining drama based on a true story, but some of the shit he says in this movie is outrageous, like crazy racially offensive. He has like three ways with really like 20 year old women in the movie. Everyone finds him super charming and awesome and attractive. And I just like was thinking the whole time, like, who, what is happening? <laughs> That's why I skipped that movie. Like every Clint Eastwood movie where he plays like old grizzled man, it's just like him being like, I can say what I want now 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's really all. It was like listening to racist grandpa again, like really well made. But it's just like, all right, whatever. This is kind of it's like fun to watch. But at the same time, I kept thinking like, in today's age, where where everyone's so pissed off and upset about everything, I'm surprised no one's come up and be like, wait a minute, why are we giving this guy like <laughs> full clearance? <laughs> well, dude, I just. I think I think a lot of people kind of thought the same way I thought about it when I saw the trailer for it. I was like, yeah, See, no thanks, I was, man. Like, I don't want to watch Grand Torino 2. But yeah, Grand, Grand Torino 2. <laughs> Grand Torino 2. Yeah, like, I have no interest in that. Full throttle. Yeah, like, no thanks. I'm fine. <laughs> well, uh, oh, instead I do, of... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I thought, I remembered the movie that I was, the other movie that I was going to talk about Uh if if I'm not interrupting, do it um, uh, Outlaw King, also a Netflix show, is a Chris Pri- Chris Pine movie about Robert the Bruce, true story, Scottish uh, rebel hero. Um, it's not great. It's kind of like watching, you know, like Troy or something like that. There's a couple like of violent things uh, made from the guy who made Hell or High Water, which is cool. Um, yeah. cause I really like that movie. It's, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's an action based historical period piece, but I, I mentioned this to you off air before it starts with this fucking insane nine minute tracking shot, uh, that ends with like a real life size catapult just like launching. And I think that alone is worth just plugging it in for the first 10 minutes. It's, it's fucking nuts. You also see Chris Pine's dick in it. I right? did not see his dick. I might've seen his butt. Ooh, <laughs> I thought there was a dick <laughs> shot in there from what I read, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a fair amount of nudity in it in general. I've been Googling Chris Pine dick every day just for waiting for like something to come up. And finally, after this movie, like, <laughs> I had one search result just, found. Just yeah. go, just go on Netflix, man, and hit pause. <laughs> oh my boy. god! But uh, well, I'm glad we revisited this. I saw a tweet the other day um, that kind of summed up a Christmas Carol is basically the story of how rich white people have to be paranormally threatened into donating and being kind. Is basically the the message of the movie. That was one thing I thought too. Like when I watched it, I was like, you know, I get what a Christmas Carol is preaching, but the way this movie kind of turned it out, it's just like this guy just got scared into being nice. Like he was basically threatened internal damnation. Like it's 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 hard to get him like, oh no, I've changed for the better. It's more changed to like, oh god, it's gonna get so shitty after this. I should probably fix this yeah i'm not gonna change my ways unless i'm like i know i see the future and i'll be dead soon like okay all right yeah exactly (laughs) but whatever merry christmas exactly and merry christmas to everyone listening happy holidays pick your poison whatever you celebrate we hope you have a, a good one uh thank you for listening yeah this is our last episode for the year uh we're gonna take a week off after this i think and and come back to it after the new year and let's hope it's a good year, dude. 2018 was a fucking dumpster fire. Oh, was it? I barely remember. I was I was messed up. Yeah, I've been in a coma for the past five months. It just seems like a blur. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, Brandon. 2019, dude. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you all are, too. Look forward to new episodes. We're actually going to keep next week's selection uh, hidden, you know, keep you in suspense for next year. It's a new year, a new nostalgia be damned, so look forward to that sometime the first week of January. And it's definitely not because we don't know. That's okay? definitely not. So I'm no, going to put the all. kibosh yep, on that exactly, right now. Yeah. It's not because we don't know. And if we get right? any messages even hinting at the fact that we don't know, again, not fact because if we do know, we're going to lose our shit and we probably won't do one. Yeah, we might block you. 
We might block you and send you like a strongly worded letter. So you know what? It's not because we don't know. Or even worse, we could just record a separate track of us just yelling obscenities to you and we'll send it exclusively to you. So you'll get an exclusive Nostalgia Be Damned episode where it's just us yelling and maybe a couple of looped farts or something. And you know what? That might sound like it'd be funny and cool, but I can assure you, guys, it's not. So don't just do that to get us to respond to you, okay? Because we're not going to do it. Yeah. I'm a little fired up now. I'm actually not going to thank them anymore. And I kind of... No. I mean, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Email us if you want. If you don't, though, it's no skin off our back. But it'd be cool if you did. But if you don't, no, no worries. Yeah, and like if you wanted to listen to every episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, you could go to nbd.podbean.com or check us out on iTunes. It's not a big deal. And while you were there, if you wanted to, you could write a review. It could be a good one. It could not be. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You could also tell a friend or not. Again, I don't care. But like we sure, would we like you to tell a friend? Oh, we beg. Yeah. We're begging Why not? for the bottom of our souls yeah. for you to please do so. But I, I'm not going to tell know you what? It would be the It would be the only thing that would make me happy. Uh, at this time of year, which is 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 asking not very much for just a little bit of happiness, but you know what? Whatever. I'm not going to say go out and doesn't do cost it. you a penny. You can literally just go up to someone, hey, listen to this episode, or share the episode link, or uh, write us a review. It doesn't take anything except for a few seconds. But again, I don't even want you to waste those seconds because you can do what you want. It's a free country. Trick someone uh, if you want, or don't. You know what? I don't care. At the time of recording this, the government shut down, so we might not even be here come 2019. Who the hell knows yeah. what's what going to happen? What people don't know is that, like PBS, we are funded by the government. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Not anymore now. Thanks not a lot, anymore dude. because there it goes. We have, we've been shut down partially, and uh, Brandon and I are no longer going to be working for free. <laughs> we'll see you in 2019, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye! Merry Christmas! Something in the wind today that's good for everyone. Yes, faith is in our hearts today. We're shining like the sun. And everyone can feel it. The feeling's running deep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas Day.